This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to a special edition of MLB Extras. Right now, let's listen in as Rays manager Kevin Cash addresses the media at the winter meetings in Las Vegas. I think we're going to see it happen. I mean, I know we're going to do it, uh, but every club kind of values their their rotation or their pitching staffs differently. I mean, I, I think the, it's fair to say, like, if you look at what uh, the Astros, Red Sox, that had a very veteran group of pitchers, one through five, uh, that might be a little challenging to do that with the bullpen. But we, it was kind of the perfect storm for us, and the fact that we had – uh, you know, so many young guys coming up transitioning, and I think ultimately it helped It helped both. It helped the guys that left Durham as starters, graduated to the big leagues, and then it also helped some of those short inning relievers start. So it was more of a choice than a necessity. Oh, it was definitely a choice. Yeah, it was talked about, planned about. Now, I think where the choice changed and necessity came in was when the injuries started. When we lost Nady Evaldi at the beginning of the year uh, or had his season, you know, cut early and then we had to wait for the rehab everything kind of jammed up on us but our young guys did a tremendous job of filling in and it allowed us to some more flexibility Well, I mean, I think in a perfect world, you try to complement the opener with the, the, the length guy that falls in. So you, you, the best example is probably, you know, like a guy like Ryan Stanek coming in that, that throws, you know, very hard, high velocity, and then you complement him with a guy like Ryan Yarbrough who's left-handed uh, and uses a pitch mix to navigate his way through a lineup. Now, you're not always going to have that, uh, but there's no doubt we're, we are convinced that, that different looks – through an order, uh, challenging lineups, uh, it, you know, gives us a good chance. We, I personally was not skeptical at all when we were discussing doing it, you know, one time through the ro rotation, potentially twice. Then with the injuries, when it got to three and four times, I don't know if skeptical is the right word. It's more concerning, like, how are we going to keep guys fresh? How are we going to, you know, manage workloads uh, in, a, in, a, in a long series? Um, uh, but we learned a lot through it. And, I mean, I think now, uh, ultimately, the players give you the buy-in. And we had success with it. They embraced it. They enjoyed it. And it's a big credit to them. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of communication by the staff. Kyle Snyder and Stan Borowski, our bullpen coach, did an outstanding job of communicating with them, making them you know, understand this is not a gimmick. We, we, we were confident that this is going to help us win games. And, you know, I think a lot of guys uh, – 
you know, they're, they're, they're starters their entire career from, from the time they're 10 years old, high school, college, pro ball, and they pride themselves on going logging innings uh, and staying out there as long as, as they can. Well, we look at that. That's a great mindset to have, but if we can do something better for the team and give different looks on a consistent basis, we found that it was more challenging for the opposition, uh, the lineup. Going forward, well, I mean, we're going to do it. I mean, I, I think right now we're, we're discussing internally whether we do it two times through the rotation or three times through the rotation. Uh, but the nice thing is we, we got all that information uh, last year, and, and we have a bunch of candidates that we can fill in as a traditional starter if, if need be. I mean, Yanni Trinos, uh, Yarbs, uh, Wilmer Font, uh, Jalen Binks, all those guys have starting experience. And if we need the flexibility to put them back in that tr traditional role a time or two, we can do that. But uh, I, I'm very confident that we're going to be doing it um, three or, or definitely two, potentially three times through the rotation to, to start the season. Those guys, our players, I think they, they energized our organization. They energized our staff, our, our, our fan base. I mean, uh, you never know when you put that type of youth at the big league level all to come in at one time. Uh, you, you never know what's, what's going to happen. Uh, and I think just the experience of loan of those guys getting the 250 at-bats or the 100 innings at the big league level, we'll take it whether it was good or bad. We were very fortunate that they all came up and played well, played well together, won together, uh, and made us feel pretty good going into the offseason. Uh, <clears throat> I think, you, you know, well, you really rely on the Blake Snell, uh, Tyler Glasnow, those traditional starters to really have success and, uh, you know, take on a pretty big workload. And, you know, you don't want to put added pressure on those guys because they're already good, but you don't want them to feel uh, that they got to do more than what they're capable of to allow us those fle the flexibility of the next days, you know, when we do bullpen or open guys. Yeah, but I mean, yes, it can definitely make it different, uh, difficult. But uh, I personally don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, you know what? You, you, you're each manager, each club, each organization—they're trying to get maximize and get the best out of their roster. And if they feel that that's the best way to do it, uh, the opposition. You, know, you kind of got to deal with it, and I, it's going to happen to us. We did it to some other clubs, not that quickly, but playoff baseball, you see a lot of different things. <clears throat> yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, the potential to have that. Uh, whether it's payroll uh, flexibility, roster flexibility to go and, and be in the market, whether it's acquiring uh, through a trade or free agent, um, you know, the, the, where the, the hiccup comes is, you know, we have 
a pretty good roster right now. And when the, whatever you add, somebody that we're probably wanting to um, continue to develop at the big league level is not going to get those reps. And that's okay. If we're making our team better, that's first and foremost. But uh, I know going into the, uh, into the offseason, we kind of looked at, uh, around at our 25-man roster or you know 35, whatever it was at the end, and, and really recognized that um, there's a lot of good players in, in that clubhouse. And for us to add, it's going to take at bats or innings from somebody. Um, so I, I know our guys will do their due diligence, and we've recognized over the last three, four years, you can never have enough depth, and that's where a lot will, will come in. You know what? I'm pretty consistent uh, from day one and and being a part, you know, being a coach with Cleveland. It's all about pitching, 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 pitching. So I don't think you can ever have enough. Um, Obviously, the bats are nice, but we we won a lot of games last year because we pitched well and we caught the ball behind our pitchers. Uh, And I think I know that's not going to change. So the the more pitching that we can add uh, and allow these guys to continue to get good, the better we'll be. Uh, well, I'm normally not on the trend of anything. I'm not a very trendy person, but uh, I, I do understand the. Uh, I, I see the hires this this off season and some past off season. Uh, ironically, Woody and I were teammates in Toronto. Uh, we worked out every off season as players. We lived, you know, within 20 minutes of each other. He's going to do a tremendous job. Uh, he, his experience, whether you know, from the Mariners, uh, then to the Dodgers, and winning that culture, that atmosphere. I'm sure he's going to bring a lot of those thoughts to the Texas Rangers group. That's a good front, great front office. And I, I, you know, if there's one piece of advice, it's not really advice. It's you got to take it all in because there's a lot of smart people uh, that can provide you with some quality information and, and kind of complement the, the the thoughts that you have of your own and blend them all together. You know, Rock, Rocco's pretty special, and the fact that you know he he. he um, you guys will see. You'll talk to him. He just has a, uh, a great way about him where he's relaxed, very, very in tune with uh, the new age baseball and also, you know, responding with players. I mean, I, I'm watching him develop or, you know, watching him grow as a coach. We were all kind of thrust into this position where it was new for all of us. And whether it was first base coach or field coordinator with Rocco, to watch how he really learned to communicate with players and have some – difficult conversations uh, and, and also understanding the game and the, the in-game decision-making, uh, he's going to do a really good job in Minnesota. Experience. I mean, uh, when you've managed as many games, I don't care if you're doing it in, in, in A-ball, double-A, triple-A, uh, and ultimately he was managing right alongside. We were doing it together uh, last year. Charlie's in-game knowledge is second to none. And the way he just had his, his sense for preparing himself, his staff, and then just the quality of person that Charlie is, is really going to stand out. Personality-wise, how would you a good fit with a young organization? 
Well, I think the, the bulk of his career is, was spent developing players in Durham. Uh, and, you know, I, I said this about Charlie right when he got the job. Uh, throughout the last four years, every time we go to an opposing city, a former player of his will come by, whether they're a fan or whether they're working for another team, and they embrace Charlie like it's impressive how he was a favorite of players. And I know that will transition over at the big league level. Yep. Well, Tommy's a very driven player, very motivated. Um, you know, he, he was just outstanding for us when he came over. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the year, I we sat down and talked, and he said he wanted to go play winter ball to work on his swing. And I kind of scratched my head. I said, well, how much more do you need to work? He hit 350 the last two months for us, you know, hit all the home runs. And really, when he was healthy, we had a different lineup because he was in it. Uh, so there was some concern, but he felt there was a little bit more tinkering that needed to be done. I just asked him, I said, he plays all out. I asked him, please don't run into any, you know, walls in the, in the, on the Dominican baseball fields. Be careful. We called his manager and, and asked the same thing, but he's motivated and driven to get his swing where he wants it. Um, and I, you know, I think that speaks volumes to a guy that has had the last two, three years of success that he still wants to get better. No, I, I still think it can help a guy. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, winter ball, it's, it's a very serious. You know, the fans are passionate. Uh, the teams are passionate about winning. But it does allow you to uh, work on some things that maybe you wouldn't be too aggressive, willing to work on in the major league season. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I've, look, I think we would like a lot of our guys to go play winter ball and, and continue that because all they're doing is bettering their craft. You know, I, I think Jake, you know, of, of all of our young players that came up, you know, Jake was as, as talked about as anybody, and rightfully so. Uh, I think just his experience and maturity. I mean, he's the youngest, he was the youngest guy. when he, He's been the youngest at every level he's performed at, and he's figured it out. He's always struggled, and then he's, you know, kind of started to stabilize himself a little bit, and then he gets hot, and he puts together some pretty good numbers offensively. I think that's what we saw this year at the big league level. He, he struggled. He probably didn't have the time to figure it out. It was probably the right time for Jake to go home, gather his thoughts. Uh, but he was a little bit of an anomaly just for the fact that you watch his at-bats. Uh, his swing looked the same. Everything looked the same. He just wasn't, he wasn't getting his hits. And I, I, I'm confident um, you know, Jake's hit everywhere. He's going to hit. Uh, defensively, our defense got a heck of a lot better when he was out there. And the confidence that he gave our infielders uh, and the things that he can do around the bag were really impressive. So I hope Jake is just enjoying himself, letting his, his mind take a break and come in fresh this spring training ready to compete. We all know how special Brent is and how uh, valuable and, and, and 
you know, what we view of in our organization. But if we're going to do Brent right, we got to let him go through that rehab process, not rush him. You know, I think more than anything, knowing his personality, uh, he's going to want to make a club out of spring training. Uh, that's not going to happen. We, we got to do it right. Our medical staff is second to none. And I think I know Brent understands that, but he's a motivated player and he wants to he wants to be a part of something that we all view as pretty special right now but we'll do everything we can to calm him down let him go through the process of making sure he's 100 percent healthy and then get him you know through his rehabs and um get him to an affiliate get some innings and then hopefully he is helping us uh i think you know what we've talked about is sometime may june but that that's that's not a that's not set in stone. We, we adjust really well given the player. We've got a bunch of guys that are coming back from Tommy John, uh, and, and they all have, you know, different they – they all have some good, good weeks to the rehab, and they all have some slowdown weeks. So everybody's in arms different. Yeah, uh, it's different. It's different. There's, there's, there's no doubt. There's more comfort. I think more comfort comes with experience. And um, you know, this being here at the winter meetings in Vegas, uh, you're gonna be, you're gonna be more comfortable just because of the, the atmosphere. I think that's created. Uh, but just the years of managing, the experience, getting to be around so many uh, educated people in the game. Um, you find that balance to where you, you continue learning, but you also kind of keep in the back of your mind all the, all the stuff that you've learned along the way, and I think it gives you some confidence going forward. That's amazing to me. That is amazing. And there's a lot of a lot of good managers. Uh, I know it's you know the transition in this game, especially this off season, uh, with with all the jobs that came came about. But um, it, it is that's a little odd. The shift, what? Yep. I, I I do think it's good. Well, it's good for us. I, I mean, <laughs> I uh, I but I I do think it's good. I mean, I think that you know as you know, fans to come in, and I know people say that it takes away hits. Well, there's guys that are hitting home runs at a record clip right now, so it's not taking away those. But uh, look, you, you see more thought, you see more decision making on a, on a you know at bat to at bat, a pitch count, you know, different counts, two strike counts, how guys are moving. Um, you know, I know we pay attention, we know what we're going to do on a nightly basis, shifting. Uh, but when we see other teams do stuff against us, it, it you know racks our brain a little bit. We go back after the ball game and say, you know, what were they thinking? What was the information that they had for that to make sense? Uh, so I. I've, I'm a, personally a big fan of shifting, and I think we're going to see it. Uh, we've already seen the infield take over heavily. I think we're going to see a lot more outfield shifting going forward. What do you think about the increased cost of maybe banning it over there? I think that'd be tough to do. I know that we, you know I'm not in those conversations, but eliminating the shift, eliminating uh, you know, or putting a number on bullpen moves. Um, I, I, I probably not the person to speak on it, but until that's done, we're going to continue to do all those things. Yeah, uh, but you know our guys are really smart upstairs, and if uh, they change rules, we'll find ways and, and and do good things within the rules to to help us what we think have that advantage.
well, we just hired a, you know, a process and analytics coach in Jonathan Ehrlichman. Um, so, I, look, I think all teams are looking for an edge right now. And uh, the traditional way of thought is a great way. Uh, but if you, can, if you can bring that thought with, you know, maybe those innovative out-of-the-box thoughts, uh, you think you're getting the best of both worlds. I know, you know, there's a tech conference here at 11 o'clock. We've got probably five, six guys all going to that to, to get more knowledge and whatever we can do, whatever we can look at, whatever information we can utilize to help our players uh, perform on the field, help them get rest, help them uh, just the, the grind of the season, we're going to do. And I think that mindset, um, some of those guys that don't have the, the playing experience, they get shunned out of the game. And, and yet, I think if you're really doing it right, you're going to wa- you want that perspective that, that they, yeah, they have no experience of playing the game on a nightly basis, but they've sat. I mean, for us to have hired a guy that has sat and watched a lot of our games from a suite or done a lot of things on the computer and projection wise to be able to bring that in house and bring that in the clubhouse to have those conversations on a daily basis is only going to make us better. Well, I, we, we have daily conversations. It's not, you know, I, I, sometimes the perspective is, you know, you get the advance report before a series and, and you just go. We're talking throughout the day. We're talking before the game uh, about, you know, whether it's bullpen management, roster management, decision making on, you know, platoon switch, all, all, all of those things we're, we're talking throughout. And, uh, and then we follow up after the game and, and we, you try to learn. But I, I, I don't think there's never too much information and never enough information. You take it and then you rely on on you know, the quality of your staff to kind of help sift it through the players to where they're getting what they need on a daily basis. Well, I think it made sense for those clubs. But, you know, I, I, I didn't talk to uh, Craig Council at all. Uh, I know, you know, I spoke with Bob Melvin a couple weeks ago and really admire what, what he's done, what that organization's done. Very similar, um, or I think very similar to the Rays. Um, you know, I, 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 as far as the, the, the opening, I know it's going to continue to get a, a lot of talk. I think it's going to come down to what, clubs, organizations feel the strength of their staff is and how it's aligned. If they're a bunch of young guys that they can mix and match, they might go that way. If they're traditional, where they've got uh, a bunch of, you know, guys that have logged innings and have a wealth of experience, you know, similar to maybe the Red Sox or or the Astros, you're going to see them stay pretty, stay pat. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think it's too hard. I, I really don't. I mean, I, I think that uh, once you get uh, the players to embrace it, uh, you, know, you take off from there. And we saw, you know, some of our uh, young pitchers, whether it was Ryan Stanek, Diego Castillo, uh, I mean, they loved after a ball game coming in, you know, before the media sessions, you walk up to them and say, hey, you're starting tomorrow. You know, they, they really began to embrace that. And that's not how it normally goes. Normally starters know – four or five days or weeks out when they're starting and making those plans. But uh, I think that, you know, our guys did such a good job of embracing the role, and that's why it was successful. (laughs) 
a lot. <laughs> you know, Nate, Nate, so happy for him. Not too thrilled that he decided to stay in the division and sign back with the Red Sox, but I guess we'll work around that. But watching him perform, uh, we really got to so uh, got to know Nate Evaldi the year 2017 when he was hurt. Uh, and the way he came to the ballpark, the way he went about his rehab, the type of teammate he was, um, you can't help but pull for the guy. And then he had so much success last year for us, and then he went on to Boston. Uh, and the way he took the ball, and I mean, the, the obviously the extra inning game, that was just, it was fun to watch. That's a good question. Uh, you know, I, well, I didn't get him to do that, but I, I, I'll give credit to Kyle. I'll give credit to our, uh, our front office and ultimately Nate. Nate recognized that with the stuff that he features, uh, there's probably a way that he could probably wipe out some guys at a, at a higher clip. And whether it was cutter usage or, or whatever the messages were, he bought in. Uh, but to you know, your second part of the question, I really don't know. I mean, I think you trust your, your thoughts and your projections on a specific pitch. And if the pitcher decides to use it more, whatever that projection was saying, if it's, if it's the right decision to use it more, more times than not, you're going to get a better pitcher or m more consistent pitcher of having success. Uh, well, I think what what's your time frame you're talking? A couple starts? Or are you talking about a season's worth of starts? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, when, when our guys make adjustments and, and we see it right away with, with um, you know, if, if, if it's a four-pitch mix and you go heavier on one of the four that, as opposed to what you were doing, you can see those adjustments and projections can take off right away. Um, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes it takes a pitcher to find some comfort throwing that pitch in different counts, uh, you know, challenging himself to be able to trust it a little bit more. So uh, every situation is a little bit different. Well, I, I don't know if there's a specific number. I don't, I don't think there is. We recognize that New York and Boston are, are they're, they're there. They're always going to be good. They're very, very talented. Uh, and then the rest of the division, Toronto's only going to get better with their youth movement. And the Baltimore Orioles, I mean, I think uh, you scratch your head a little bit about where their season was. You could quickly see them rebounding and, 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 and challenging the, the division. But, uh, no, I think we got to worry about what's in our building and, and, and make the most of that situation. But, yes, we, we do recognize that they're talented teams. Uh, I hope we don't see 200-win teams again unless we're one of them uh, because, you know, how many times do you see that in baseball uh, where you have – and I think we saw it twice. I believe the Astros and the A's did it really close. So um, there were some really quality teams in the American League this past year.
sure. Well, I, I, knowing Chris, he was just – he was so passionate about the game. Not just – you know, he was an infielder, uh, but whether it was hitting, <clears throat> whether it was pitching, um, we – you know, I, I was on the bench more than he was, but when we had opportunities during the season to talk. Uh, he really liked to kind of follow the game. And, you know, he was, for, for a veteran player that maybe wasn't an everyday player, uh, I'll never forget, I was in spring training as a young player, popped the ball up and, you know, just kind of jogged to first base. And Chris uh, kind of took me in the dugout afterwards in a very quiet way and just said, hey, that's not you. That's not the type of player you want to be, that, that you're going to be. And for a guy to do that with three years experience, I think you got a pretty good sense. Like he knows how to communicate with, with, with all players, whether it's a veteran guy or the young player, and it had a big impact. I, uh, who? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised, but um, I, I think it goes back to how your organization's, you know, built, and I, and I, and you know, every, it's it's the same thing with, um, you know, do you want to have the DH that sits there and DHs every single day, or do you want to have the flexibility to get guys off their feet? And you know, you're going to get pros and cons from every decision. And I think some of those the skeptics, you know, they challenge us. It's going to make us better and make us think a little bit more. Is you know, why is that perspective? Why are they? saying that and is there something that we can look deeper in to 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 recognize it it's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.